I'm Carlo, Carlo Pietro Sanfilippo, and this is my podcast. With this project, I want to explore the means, methods, tools, and examples of living on purpose, living the life we want, doing the things that light us up, things that make us feel like we're alive, growing, making a difference, and enjoying the process along the way. Welcome to It's the Journey. Okay, everybody, welcome back to It's the Journey. So if you're new today, thank you so much for joining me. And my hope is that with each episode, uh, like I say in the introduction, I want to provide examples of, of people and the means and methods of, of living on purpose and living the life we want and doing the things that light us up and you know things that make us feel like we're alive, growing, and making a difference. And so with that in mind, for this week, I'm super excited to have a conversation with Jody Werner, who is another amazing human being that I'm honored and lucky enough to know. So I've known Jody for about six years through the improv community. And for a while, when she was one of the chosen few who was qualified and approved to make an off menu item called the Graham sandwich. So Jody is one of the funniest people I know. And if you ever get a chance to see her perform on stage at the improv shop, I highly recommend that. And, um, and she also, so she, she's currently on a team called Size Queens and often appears with other ensembles. So if you're, if you're on the menu of the, the improv shop, um, check it out. So Jody, another thing I love about her is like she has this amazing heart that the evidence for me is that the love that she pours into her craft as a chef. So today we want to talk about some some of her stories that some of them are, there's a lot of parallels between what I shared in Afterlife about how improv and that community changed her life the way it changed my life. So I want to explore that and how, you know, through her journey, she kind of morphed into having her own business and which is now in the business of providing delicious home-cooked meals to lots and lots of people. So with all that, let's welcome Jody. Hey, Jody. Hi, how are you? <laughs> Good, how you doing? <laughs> Great. Thanks so I'm much. happy to be here. Yeah, thanks so much for joining me. Yeah, of course, thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we talked about this a long time ago and then I started having yes. technical problems and scheduling problems and I yes. appreciate your patience, so. <laughs> yeah, of course, no worries. Uh, uh, so, yeah, so we kind of met simultaneously as you were as you were beginning your career in in food and also through improv, and yes. and um, yeah, and and I thought it was neat that you know COVID COVID sucked. There's no other way around. That still does. Yes, <laughs> and, and I know it impacted so many people. And I know you know dirt, you know pre COVID you were working and and running the kitchen at the improv shop which was a yes. whole cool transformation that we could, we could get into. Uh, but then when that, when the theater closed, you were, you were in a spot where you're like, well, now what? And then you started your, your cooking business. Yes. So. Yeah. So I actually, a funny story. Um, the day before, well, the, the day everything shut down, I remember it very vividly. It was March 13th. When it was like, well, the shop's not going to be open. Every everything is closed, 
you know, we had, I had went to the grocery store and panic bought a ton of stuff and, you know, we just had no idea what we were preparing for. And I told Seth, my, my partner of the past five years, I looked at Seth and I said, I need to have this earnest conversation with you because I don't know where my money's going to come from. And he said, okay, what's going on? And I said, how would you feel about me doing an OnlyFans? (laughs) (laughs) He was like, I mean, I guess do what you got to do. The next morning I woke up and I said, oh my God, I could just cook for people. (laughs) Duh. (laughs) (laughs) My mind went to the darkest recesses first. (laughs) And then I was like, oh wait, no, I I have this this skill that I can use. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. another skill. It's good to have have multiple talents, right? (laughs) So (laughs) So, dumb. Well, you know, uh, so many people were, you know, we we never in my uh, in my financial services business, the broker dealer, which is like the company that's behind my company made it always made us have this like disaster plan, like in case you couldn't come to the office. And I used to jokingly call it the zombie apocalypse plan because I'd be like, yeah. what's going to happen that would keep us going to the office for for weeks or months? I go unless there's yeah. a <laughs> pandemic or something like that, but there hasn't been one of those in a century, you know. So who? Mm-hmm. I, I, and literally we, we, I joked around constantly about this zombie apocalypse. And then as it was happening, I was like, crap, you know, here we are. <laughs> here it is. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it's just, just such a strange thing. The whole world navigating this together. What a mm-hmm. weird phenomenon, mm-hmm. you know? And well, so I thought it was because so many people, and this this is not at all like a judgment because everybody went through this and had their own emotions and their own fears and their own pains and and come is coming to come out of it in their own way. So, mm-hmm. I, I, but I, I I was I'm always interested because whenever when I've gone through crappy situations, of course I go through all the same fears and doubts and worries and and things like that. And then mm-hmm. when I when I collect myself, I try to go, well, what, what can I do? What, what is it? What is it? What is it I can do right now? And so there was something that th- same thing was in you like, okay, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to do only fans or I'm going to cook or I'm going to do something. I'm not going <laughs> to not do any, I'm not going to not do, I'm not going to yeah. do, I'm not going to do nothing. So <laughs> where do you think yeah. that came from that, 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 that drive in you that was like, all right, <clears throat> all right, now what's next? Um, well, I definitely get my work ethic from my dad. I don't, I mean, I might not have the stamina I used to have. I certainly don't. Not like I did when I, you know, ran around in kitchens when I was in my, you know, early and mid twenties, but, but I uh, definitely have a strong work ethic. I know that I need to be doing something, you know, Mm -hmm. and I need to make sure that I'm taken care of and and uh my my dad was just he was a workhorse he just worked and worked and worked and worked and he was like a bit of a workaholic you know and I don't see my version of it as being like a problem or anything like I don't think I work too much Uh but I will definitely work as as much as I have to you know Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And I've always been that way. I've always pushed myself really hard. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, so that's, I, I, I don't know. That's cool. Cause like there's a combination too of like not only being a hard worker, but there's a, whether it's self-reliance or, or resilience or whatever that, cause starting a, a business and starting new things, even not even businesses, sometimes new jobs. Some pe- people will stay in a, a job that they hate for decades or a relationship they hate for decades because they're yeah. afraid of just changing jobs. Even even just like, even if the job was lined up they they were so afraid of like the unknown of like, well, what if it's bad? And what if it's worse than this? And oh, yeah. yeah, so like th- there was something in you that was like, well, I've never, I've never run a business before. Are you, now you, you, I guess you got some training in the aspects of that from your previous experiences? Is that? Yeah. I mean, a little bit. I, I, I knew from my first kitchen job, I worked at the Fox theater for seven years in the kitchen there. And I knew how to do like catering from that. You know, I knew how to do I mean, we, we had a dinner service, but it was only a couple hours long, uh, you know, a few nights a week. So it wasn't, uh, it wasn't a normal kitchen job. I, I still did tons of prep. I did lots of, I did lots of stuff, but we were, we had like a bunch of different types of service that, 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 that kitchen offered, including like catering for backstage for celebrities that would come through the Fox theater or whatever and catering for uh, weddings or events or even, um, you know, like the, the, the crew that was setting up like theater productions and, and stuff like that. Uh, so when I went to the improv shop, and then of course I worked at, at your brother's restaurant um, until I got the job at, at the improv shop. And when I started working there, I felt completely out of my element but I was like well it, I at least know how to execute you know I know how to to execute the food that I want to make mm-hmm. and I know if I need to make large quantities of things or whatever because of my catering background like I know how to do all that and I think that whenever I started cooking from home during COVID um, I kind of had to utilize all of those skills that I had learned over the years, um, especially figuring out like quantities, you know, and how much I need to purchase, how much I need to cook, you know, how many pounds of this am I going to need this week? You know, basic things like that um, have been really helpful because then I'm, you know, not overbuying or under making or whatever you know um i, th- I yeah. think they're so cool <laughs> it's cool that that's a good lesson that's a good thing for someone to let if someone's listening who's never had a business is to to to, to bookmark or keep in mind is how much you can learn about whatever it is you're going to do next in life from your current job yeah, I think too often we get stuck in, well, I'm, I'm not getting paid what I want to, and I don't like this. And this is whatever, not what I dreamt of. Um, I'll give you an example. When, when I was 16, I worked at a tree nursery 
for $3 and 35 cents an hour. It was, <laughs> the, it was the hardest work I ever did in my life. The lift, literally, literally shoveling rocks someday and lifting trees and watering trees and things like that. Yeah. And then I worked in a machine shop where I was, my, my title was the broom or like I cleaned metal scraps <laughs> off the ground and stuff like that. And I, for whatever reason, was just so curious about, well, how I knew like it was owned by somebody, like I knew the owner, like mm -hmm. the owner was one of my bosses. And so whatever, there was something in my brain that was like, how does this work? Like, how does someone just have a business where they buy trees and sell them or buy these machines and, and make things? And so mm -hmm. I didn't, I, and I, and my 16 and 17, 18 year old brain was like, well, I want to have a business, but I don't know what it is. And so I tried different things and I just was constantly trying to like learn while I, I looked at it as like, I was getting paid. It was, I was paying to go to college, but I was getting paid to learn how businesses operate. And, yes. And so I, no, for whatever reason, I just did that. Cause I was desperate for like, I didn't want a boss and I wanted to make some money. <laughs> so that was my motivation. Yeah. Um, but whatever, and what were, were you ever, was that ever a thought in your mind when you were working at the Fox or wherever? Like, well, maybe I'll have my own thing one day. Did, does it ever occur to you or? Excuse me. Um, you know, I, especially, especially back then, I never ever thought that I would be running my own thing um i think that that came later uh -huh. when i got more confident you know and i mean even now i'm still like oh do i i do i really know what i'm doing you know do i have no idea what i'm actually doing you know i gotta <laughs> i gotta get like you know i'm still cooking out of my kitchen i need to figure out you know do i need to start renting the space somewhere do I need to you know how do I like legitimize this more you know mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um but I but I, I I don't know what I'm doing there uh but this is this is part of my journey I feel like is I now it's now it's time for me to learn that stuff yeah um when I was younger though and working in kitchens i i never anticipated that i would be doing something like this never ever i yeah i don't that's, i don't know that's exciting you know in, in one of the chapters in afterlife I, I the title is just called yes and and i talked about yeah. different things in my life that i said yes to I explained what it was for anyone that had never taken an improv class and then different I, things I had said yes to that then once I said yes to trying this one thing opened up my view to like other possibilities, which then opened, then I said yes to those and it kept going and going and going. And it, it sounds like there's a, a similar thing happening here, you know, where you're like, you know, you, when you jump into an improv scene, I, I, I was, I was trying to relate to like an improv scene. When you, when you go into an improv scene, Sometimes you may even have an idea of what it's going to be and you jump in there and somebody initiates a line to you that completely, completely changes that. Right. So you, yes, you agree with that. And then all of a sudden three or four minutes later, you're in a space and a world that you had no idea was going to exist when you stepped into that scene. And yeah. so I tried to explain like when in our life, when we say yes to something that's maybe scary or new or whatever, we don't know where it's going to go. And, and so all the little things, 
that you said yes to your first job in, in, in cooking and learning, going to culinary school and working at the improv shop and then starting your own business. And, uh, and then yeah, like, well, what's the next? Yes. Is it, is it starting and, you know, having your own kitchen somewhere and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And, and it's that same skill set of like, I can do it. Yeah, yes. Yes. And I can do this. And I didn't, I didn't, you know, you didn't know how to do what you're doing now, however many months or years ago, and you'll learn the next thing. Yeah, absolutely. It, there's a lot of parallels between improv and real life. And mm-hmm. yeah, we, we know that when we, when we joined the cult of improv, <laughs> exactly. we figured that out. <laughs> I think this is an exclusive uh, I haven't talked about it being a cult yet on, 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 uh, on the show. <laughs> yeah. It's out there now. So, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely not really a cult, but I do. I have been saying you have that. to say that. I understand <laughs> from the beginning. I'm like, God, this is very cult like, but it's, it's a really wonderful thing too. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it's, it's a, it's a community. It's got, I've heard some people describe it as church, you know, like where yeah. it's got that community feeling of people that care about each other. And, and, you know, mm-hmm. the whole idea of like, if you're going to make yourself vulnerable to get on stage, you're, you're more likely to be supportive of other people that are doing that. Cause you, you understand yeah. it. <laughs> Either yeah. you just did it or you want to do it, you know? Yeah. The, the vulnerability that you are kind of forced into an improv I think is what really changes people. Mm-hmm. And it was great for me because I was already, I have always been the person who wears their emotions on their sleeve. I have always been vulnerable with people and it can be a divisive quality. People either love that about someone or they can't stand it. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> But I've always been a very vulnerable person and I will say things that are, oh no, I got a cat. That's okay. Sorry. She's very, she's loud. (laughs) You know, that, that is something that I feel like, um, I lost, sorry, I lost my thought because the cat won't show up. Vulnerability and some people like it and some people don't. Yeah. Some people, I think it, it just makes people uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Vulnerability Mm -hmm. makes people uncomfortable it's hard to confront human emotions sometimes, you know, it's easier for people to back away from it. Oh my God. Sorry. We can, we can pause. We can pause. <laughs> let, me, let me, come here, kitty. Can I, can I do something for you to make you stop screaming? I'm going to shoot her with a water bottle. <laughs> That'll help. I'm, I'm actually the worst person in the world. <laughs> uh, <so laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> no, that's awesome. No. Um, we're sorry, training my cats with squirt bottles because they keep jumping up on things. And yeah. anyways, <laughs> we had a, had a cat once that like the brother and sister and the sister, if you squirted, she'd, she'd, she'd get upset and run away and never do it again. Mm-hmm. And the male cat would just look at you like he'd go and then look at you like, why would you do that? That's yeah. Like, how dare you? Yeah. <laughs> he wouldn't, he wouldn't stop what he was doing and would just look at you like, man, come on. I thought we were cool. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that. That's okay. That's all right. Uh, so 
So vulnerable. That's interesting because I had to learn that. And I had to learn that because I, I, for whatever it was, whether it was my way of being or how I was raised, um, vulnerability for me was, was <coughs> even being vulnerable with myself was, was a weakness that I had to learn. And that's some, another thing I kind of talked about in the book is like learning to trust myself in order to be vulnerable and improv helped me with that, with the vulnerability circles and being, doing this thing that was kind of scary and um, how, how sometimes I, in the beginning, I couldn't, I couldn't go to an emotional, certain emotions because it felt too vulnerable or too scary or too real. And it mm -hmm. took me, it took, it took a while to, to, and that was the beauty of it. The, the, the coaches I had and the teachers and the people I, I played with, um, we all supported each other. And that helped me grow as a human being off stage, which yeah. was wonderful. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so before I want to dive kind of more into your journey into improv, but before, sure. you know, we start, we started just jumping right into your, your, your cooking business without maybe mm -hmm. really defining it more. So like, <laughs> let's talk about like what it is and, and like, are you, are you currently taking new customers or? Oh yeah. I mean, okay. anybody can shoot me a message um, or, or whatever and order food through well, I guess I kind of I kind of keep it almost secret only because I I uh, just do it through like Facebook and stuff, you know. Okay. Like people either have to go to the Facebook group, the Jody's Kitchen Facebook group, or or they have to friend request me on okay. Facebook to be able to see my menus. However, um, yeah, I need to figure out a different a different way for that. I don't know. There's that's the thing is that uh, I'm not tech savvy whatsoever. Yeah. I'm really bad with technology. So well, that's the part that I need to figure out the most probably. <laughs> what, like, what I think is like someone like, cause I started a business 2003 is when I officially started my financial planning business, but I had mm -hmm. started as an advisor somewhere else in, you know, the mid nineties and that, I see some parallels between the way I started and what you're doing is that I was working for somebody else. They provided all this infrastructure and training and things that I didn't have to think about. So that then when I, and that's the same way as like you're working in your kitchen, you're learning, mm -hmm. you're learning all kinds of stuff that if you can't do it on that scale, you're certainly not going to be able to do it on a bigger scale. Yes. And a, a lot of businesses fail because they, they've got this ego thing of like, well, in order to be legitimate, I have to immediately start off with this huge loan and I have to borrow money and buy all this expensive stuff. And they haven't even tested the concept yet to see, yeah. do, I, do I like this? Am I, can I do it on, on any scale? So I think, I think what you're doing is really smart because it's allowing you to like, yeah, see, are you I like this and it's growing and I'm building a customer base. And so that you just grow more organically versus again, like some people get themselves in trouble be, by like, okay, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it right. And they borrow money and get really far in debt and it's over their heads. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, I can see how, I can see, uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? Progenation, is that the right word? I can, 
I don't know. <laughs> I that word up. Well, Shakespeare made up words all the time, so you can. He did. Right. I I can see uh, this business. I can see it potentially taking off if I figure out how to do it correctly. You know, uh, as far as expanding, because basically, you know, people people will I put out my menu a week in advance. People place their orders, and then the day that they order for, say they order for Wednesday or whatever, which Wednesday's always vegetarian day or vegan, I uh, deliver it right to their door. So cool. Or if you live close to me, I'll say, you know, you can come pick it up if you'd like, but most people would just, you know, rather have it delivered. And usually outside of my hometown of Granite City, I will like, I do most of my deliveries in Missouri. You know, most of them are St. Louis City. But um, anything outside of Granite, I ask for a delivery fee, but I just ask that people pay what they think is fair. You know, yeah. I don't like set any kind of specific price on that or, or anything like that. I just, I just want to be able to still feed people, take care of people that I love, feed them things that I know are delicious, even if they're not the healthiest. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of them are and a yep. lot of them aren't yep but i'm feeding people food that i always say i'm like it tastes like a hug feels it's yeah. like very it's it's all about comfort and i've gotten so many people i've gotten so many new customers just like through word of mouth and especially in my hometown here in granite city like I've got dozens and dozens and dozens of people I don't even know, you know, or wow. never met before. They order from me pretty regularly. You know, I have, I have repeat customers every single week That's and, great. and it is, and it's, it's wonderful. It feels really good to, to be able to do something that is helping support me, but it's also giving people comfort in a really weird time and especially with like working moms and stuff like it's giving them a break you know they don't have to do the dishes they don't have to worry about paying you know everything is just done for them and right. delivered right to their door and you know it's not um i don't know i don't know what i'm trying to say it's just been <laughs> <laughs> i'm just ranting now it's been a, it's been a really great thing and i think that it has legs to expand i yeah. just i'm not sure what i'm doing yet you know well, there's a few things like i think it's so smart to like again going back to the test concept like you you by by asking people to pay what you think is fair mm -hmm. eventually you're going to see what well what's what's the normal and if you ever had to standardize it you could like well you know yes. i have, I have hundreds of experiences where people that are regular customers pay this. So that must be the going rate or that must be fair so that you can stand. Like if you had to start paying people to deliver things like that, you can, you're, you're, that's true. You're testing all you're testing things. And, 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 uh, and that's, that's exciting. So you're seeing what's working. Um, and I can, I can vouch too, like, you know, like you care, you care about 
the people you're cooking for. And the, the experience I had with that was, you know, you, you got to know my orders at the improv shop just by yep. what I <laughs> like. There were hundreds of people ordering and I would come maybe once a week and, and get something. And you knew it by how I ordered it, which blew me away. Like <laughs> it blew me I'm like, that's, that's, that's like, I could tell I knew I, the food's always delicious, but I could tell you cared by that, by that. And so I know you're, you take great care of your customers. It's like, yeah, again, like you're, you're, you're giving up. Like I love that taste, tastes like a hug feels that we said. Yeah. That's so, that's <laughs> yeah. awesome. So yeah, it's like, and people love, <coughs> you know, those home cooked meals. So that's, that's, that's amazing. Um, and I, it's something you said earlier, I wanted to come back to it is, uh, mm -hmm. the idea of like, well, I still don't know if I'm, I know what I'm doing or if I, you know, that I forget exactly how you said it, but that, that imposter syndrome yes. is there and it's real. And I felt that way for years and years with my business it was like in my, in my, in my thirties, it was, it was like an early thirties before I sort of felt like an adult, you know, you're, when I was working mm -hmm. in my twenties, you feel like you're a total kid still like, you know, mm -hmm. it wasn't that many years ago, you were literally living at home or with, as a child. And then when you're 30, you're you feel more like an adult. It was like my mm -hmm. 40s where I finally like, okay, I feel like a grown up now. Yeah. <laughs> but then, but then, you know, I so I shifted and I and I started doing this thing, you know, the writing and podcasting, and I had I had all kinds of self doubt. I I when I finished my book, I almost had it wasn't wasn't a full panic attack, but I felt I had this rush of emotions and fear of like, who the hell am I to write a book? Who gives a yeah. damn what I have to say? What I I, I have no right to put this in the world. And all that stuff, and I'm just saying that it's like that. That's something that I think we'll always fight with. And you you listen yeah. to it, just like that fear of like stepping into a scene or whatever it is. Is you you listen to it and you try to do it anyway. You know. Yeah, I mean, I think everybody has that. Or if they don't have that, like inner imposter. No, what am I trying to say? Inner saboteur. Yes. If you don't have that inner saboteur, I feel like there has to be something wrong with you, right? Like, <laughs> you're, you're a raging narcissist or something. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say you're a narcissist probably if you don't have it, but yeah, I mean, I think that all the time, like, oh God, you know, who's gonna order food from just some random woman, her kitchen in Granite City, you know, but but I have so many people that, that are supporting me and saying like, oh my God, this is, this is the most delicious version of this I've ever eaten. Or the, I can't believe that you made this. This is so good. And, and uh, I get so much positive reinforcement that I'm like, I can't, I can't keep doubting myself because I have proven to myself over and over and over again that I am I know what I'm doing and I have to keep I have to quit like doubting myself you know I've even yeah. running the kitchen at the improv shop I still would be like it's, you know it's just like every week I feel like I'm gonna fail and I, I still do that sometimes but mm -hmm. we learn when we fail 
Yeah, right? absolutely. the whole improv, the whole improv, like there are no mistakes. Like when you when something goes wrong, you you have to, we have to learn from it. So as long as as long as you, it's not so bad that it's, it's got to you have to be able to pay for the mistake. <laughs> you yeah, know? Like that's that's yeah. a key thing with the business. But like long as as long as you uh, something happens and you learn and you don't do it again or you figure out a way to to improve going forward, that's that's all we can do. And like you're never not going to make mistakes until you stop. Right. You know. Yeah. Um, so Jody's Kitchen is where people can find you on Facebook, right? Yeah, just uh, there's there's just like a, a like a private group that you can request to join, and it's Jody's Kitchen. Cool. Or you can find me J O D I Werner um, on Facebook. But you know, I really need to figure out a a different way just- to market myself. Yeah. And that's a start. And so like you do that and then maybe it's like later you help someone help you build. There's so many talented people in our community that, you know, like they can yes. build out a basic website or, um, and then I, I used a 99 designs. I, I couldn't find mm-hmm. someone to do what I wanted. So I paid, I don't, it wasn't, it wasn't a big fee, but someone went on Squarespace and they asked me all kinds of questions about what I was doing and how it would work and what it would look like mm-hmm. and gave me different options and set it up and taught me how to use it. And yeah, and, that's awesome. Yeah. And so, and I didn't know anything about websites. Like I is like totally not my thing. And I was like really intimidated by it, but there's some simple solutions now. Well, I have had a few people from the community reach out and offer, you know, certain services like helping me with things. So I, I could be getting more help than I have, you know, I just, I'd be kind of bad sometimes about, you know, accepting the help, Letting, but I yeah. need to, I need to go ahead and do that so I can figure things out and get it, That's you know, cool. more legitimized. So, well, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what next, what how that how it continues to evolve. Um, we'll see what happens. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, I I know I know good things will come. Like you're you're an amazing you're an amazing chef and you love your customers and that's those are like that's like a winning combination for any business. Like you love what you do and you're good at it. Yep. And you care. <laughs> you know? I do care. I care probably too much sometimes. And, mm. you know, it, if one person isn't satisfied, I will do, I will beat myself up until I know that they're happy. You've done what which you, is, yeah. Which is yeah. terrible. I shouldn't do that. I shouldn't put so much pressure on myself, but I just want people to, I just want people to be satisfied, you yeah. know? Yeah. Well, it shows, it shows in what you do. So thank you. Um, so let's, yeah, let's, let's talk about, uh, some of the, like how, like how you found improv and how you think that, how that's helped you in your life. Um, again, this, the, 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 the podcast isn't about improv, but, um, I've had a lot of guests on that, that have helped them. And that was a part of what I wrote about in my book. So yeah. And it's, again, it's not just that, it's not just that improv, it's just trying, sometimes trying something new or getting into the right community can be so important in life. So Uh, yeah, let's talk about your journey with that. Okay. So, you know, I, I got into improv, uh, that's probably been about eight, eight years now, at least maybe close to nine, maybe eight. I don't know. Then it's been a long time now. Uh, I started going because uh, my dear friend, Kate Cole, who I actually haven't talked to in a while, miss her. 
Kate Cole and, yeah. and Marshall Cox had started taking classes at the improv shop. And it was back when it was like still just above the bar at the tin pan, uh-huh. uh, you know, in Midtown. And uh, there just wasn't like, it wasn't a big scene yet, but they were taking classes and I, they went through the whole program. And when they were graduating, I went to some shows and I was like, oh, that looks way more fun than I thought it would be. <laughs> yeah. Because I didn't understand long form improv yet. You know, I didn't know what that was. Right. Uh, so I started going, I went to a few shows and then I was like, you know what, I'm going to sign up. So I signed up for a few months later and got some friends to sign up with me, Lindsay Shipley and uh, Brian Fornishon. Oh, cool. Because we were just, we were already friends. Yeah. I love and, all these people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we signed up together and um, yeah, it kind of, it kind of changed my life. You know, uh-huh. I went, I went at a really, it was a difficult time in my life because I was really heartbroken. I was going through some, you know, uh, boy troubles or whatever. And I was feeling very, very defeated and, and sad and, you know, all that mess. So yeah, it, I, I found it at a really vulnerable time in my life when I really needed something for me. Uh-huh. And I really needed to take care of myself. And yeah, I just like, it, it helped me blossom, honestly. It really, it, it was a, an outlet, a creative outlet uh-huh. and an emotional outlet. And I, I got out of it. Um, I came out of it like a better person. I feel like I really do. Um, that's, and that's so similar. Like you, I think so many people come into it when they're going through and not just improv, but like when people are going through tough times, they, maybe they'll start taking yoga or they'll start working out or they'll start yeah. classes or whatever it might be. And so that's just, it seems like a lot of people come into things like that. And that same thing for me, I was in the middle, you know, I just finished a divorce and my parents were sick yeah. and all these horrible things. And it was like, ah, I need to do something, you know? Um, yeah. and, uh, um, do you remember, cause I, I sort of remembered <clears throat> different, different points in that where I, 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 I noticed it changing me off stage. I noticed myself, there was one example where I had this client who was just a, a not a nice person. <laughs> he was a bear <laughs> and I was always really intimidated by him. And he's just like really gruff. And there's usually like the, the husband and wife would fight during meetings and it was really uncomfortable. And I just was in tip. Old Carlo was just really intimidated by that whole, that whole scene. And, and one day you know, after I'd been doing improv for a while, I, I went to go see them and I said, how are we on time today? He's like, well, the game's on at six. So you're not staying all night. And that, and that was just like his typical oh, kind of like smart ass, you know, in your face answers. And, and I was like, I just set my stuff down and I looked really sad and, and he and his wife looked at me. I'm like, well, I brought my toothbrush. Like as if I was <laughs> planning on staying all night and they both looked at me and they looked at each other and they start cracking up laughing. And it, it was the best <laughs> meeting I ever had with them. And, yeah. and, it, and it was because I, I, I had the, I, 
because of improv, I felt like this, I had the confidence to say that would have been in my head before. And I wouldn't have said it. I would have been like, oh, okay, yeah. well, we'll keep, we'll keep this brief. And I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry yeah. to bother you. <laughs> I've worked really hard for this meeting for you, you know? So I said it, I just said something kind of, it wasn't, I wasn't being a smart ass. I was just joking around. And then they, they, they changed, changed the mood. So like, do you kind of remember like different points where you're like, wow, this is having an impact on, on me or my confidence or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I, I think whenever I was, when I was first going to classes and stuff, I was still working at the kitchen uh, at the shop, but I was also working a second job, uh, just a retail job working in the gift shop at uh, the Renaissance downtown, the hotel, mm -hmm. which is now something else. I don't know. I think it's Marriott or something, but the one across from the convention center. It was always a really busy uh -huh. hotel. And I worked in a gift shop uh, with one of my best friends. She was my manager there too. And um, <laughs> I, I realized um, while I was going through classes, even though I was always, I've always been a pretty personable, you know, type of person. I can chat up anybody, but I really found myself, um, loosening up with customers and having much more, you know, having a lot of banter with them. And um, when I'd go out, you know, to see my friends or something, I felt, I don't know, I just felt happier. I felt more, less afraid. I felt less afraid of just like saying something stupid, you know, saying the wrong thing. I think that that is, that's definitely a benefit of it is, just reaching into your mind and just saying what's on your mind rather than thinking I probably shouldn't say that because it's really stupid you know yeah you say something like oh, I should have brought a toothbrush it's like it's just a kind of a goofy thing you might not have normally said but you know because you felt you know you had been training to just say what you feel mm -hmm. you know it just yeah. comes out of you and 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 yeah, I think whenever you you let your guard down and people see that, that's when they can let their guard down too, you know. Mm -hmm. and, and another thing I noticed is like, <clears throat> as I learned, oops, as I learned Sorry. to feel, as I feel more comfortable speaking my truth to others, it helped mm -hmm. me feel more comfortable to admit certain truths to myself yeah about what I wanted and what I didn't want in my life mm -hmm. um I think that's that was an, that was an important thing um so yeah I just I just kind of wanted to just to dive into some of that with you and see what you know where you know, you're how that how that because I from the outside I saw like similar things of like you know I, I didn't know exactly why you started improv but I knew I saw I saw this confidence of you on stage, and then I saw you, um, more, you know, going to different steps in your career. And then during COVID, you know, you you you, you all of a sudden you've got your own business. <laughs> you know, businesses are shutting down, and you're like, I want to start yeah. my own business. So <laughs> I was I was so happy for you. And uh, like I said, I I just wanted to have a chance to talk to you because I was I was excited. I'm excited about what you're doing and seeing where where it goes next. Thank you. Thank you. You know, I feel like I've come, I've come a very, very long way. Uh, 
before, and this is this is something improv helped me with too, but uh, this is something that therapy also helped with a lot. But I was agoraphobic when I was a teenager and I dropped out of high school because of it when I was, I was actually, technically I was a senior, but <laughs> right. I wasn't going to graduate that year because I was very behind in my work and I was having panic attacks every time I'd go to school. I just, I lived with debilitating anxiety and it took, it took a couple years of some intensive therapy mm -hmm. and a round of meds to figure out, you know, how to, how to break out of that. And I feel like that happened, let's say after, so I was about 17 or so when I became agoraphobic. And then I was like 19, almost 20, whenever I kind of beat it, you okay. know, um, that was a huge turning point in my life because that was when it was like, okay, well, I'm, I'm no longer, I'm not quite an adult now. At least I don't feel like I'm quite an adult. I feel behind everybody else, but I was moving on and uh -huh. I was doing something. I got a job, I got my driver's license. I started socializing more. I, I, I mean, I could leave my house again, you know, yeah. but um, I feel like the second part in my life when I completely changed and blossomed and became who I wanted to be was when I, when I did improv, when wow. I started doing improv and I think, I don't know, I had let heartbreak and just negative feelings about myself, um, completely mask who I was. And, and when I started taking improv classes and, and meeting new people and being vulnerable with people and exploring who I was inside, like I stopped hating myself and I started loving myself. And that's when I really, really came into my own. And, right. you know, that stuff is, you know, that kind of like negative self-talk it never fully goes away, mm -hmm. but it's not as pervasive as it used to be. Right. You know, that's thank, thank you for sharing that. That's um, I described. It's interesting. It's like I, the, the whole, like, again, right before I started improv, I, I just went through this, this series of, you know, divorce and my parent, my mom, dad, and my stepdad all died like in a short period of time. And I described it as like a winter somewhere through the process, as I started feeling better, it started feeling like springtime. And then my brain was like, Oh, that was winter. That, that, that's why it sucked. And it was, it took, it took a lot of work and therapy as well. And, and then, and so he said, learning to love myself. That's that, that's something that was felt sacrilegious to me when someone, a, co a coach I worked with told me that, you know, you need to, you need to learn to be your own best friend. You should, you gotta, you gotta have your own back and, and, and learn to love yourself. And that just felt like, you know, growing up Catholic, that felt like all the things I was not supposed to do. Like I can't yeah. love, love myself. <laughs> what the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, like, <Right. laughs> and so, you know, 
and that's an, and then you, but I think it's important because I've heard people describe whether it's improv and I, I wrote a chapter about this called you know blank is not your therapy you know because some people say what well, improv is my therapy or yoga is my therapy or running is my therapy or shopping is my therapy and there are things in life that can be therapeutic and helpful mm -hmm. and healing but they don't replace the actual work that happens with a you know a trained therapist um, yes they they complement each other. They can accelerate your growth, but it one doesn't replace the other. And so I like yeah. to reinforce that for people. Yes, absolutely. And I actually just started therapy again mm -hmm. after a couple years of ignoring it. But you know, my, my dad passed away a little over two years ago, very suddenly and really sad circumstances. And I have struggled with that the last couple of years because he passed. And then a month later, I bought a new house. And then a couple months later, or a few months later, COVID hit. And it's just been, <clears throat> you know, a pretty eventful two years in my life. Mm -hmm. And it has put a lot of stress on me. It yeah. has been very stressful. And now I'm at a point where I'm like, okay, time to kick it in gear and start taking care of yourself again. Mm -hmm. That's, and, that's yeah. yeah, good. Part of, uh, part of that is, is, is physical. Part of that is a big part of that is mental, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm taking steps now actively to, to uh, get myself back to where I was. That's <laughs> That's That's, and that's, that's all we can do. It, it, it was, it's interesting, like somewhere in the middle of COVID, um, my brain because when you have experiences in life then you, you get a reference point and so there was a point there was a part during covid where i'm locked in you know with everybody i'm doing you know everything's everything's weird and i started feeling bad again and i was like oh this is kind of another winter and so yeah. i checked i checked back in i'll do and it's really i'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I, when the first time i went to a therapist the the the, the lady i was working with we had our consult and she asked me a bunch of questions and I laid stuff out there and she was like, okay, I think we can work together. And she was like, okay, do you have any questions? And my brain was like, we're going to do something like, it's like, like I was getting my brakes fixed. I'm like, well, I, how do we know when we're done? What, what? <laughs> she was like, yeah. she's like, well, it's a process. And, and, and I had no idea what that meant. And so then partway through the first round of therapy, I was like, oh, this is what she meant. I'm like, I'm making these connections and da, da, da. And then I've stopped and started when I felt like, like I kind of reached a point where, okay, I'm, not that I'm done or good. It's like, I, I'm, I need to pause now and focus <coughs> on other things. And then I'll come back to it if some, sometimes just for a couple of sessions. If I got mm -hmm. something that's, that, that rose back up in my life, that's, that I thought was resolved. Like, I'm gonna check back in on this, what, what is? So I think I think it's good, like that's something, it's not something you do, it's not like fixing an ingrown toenail. You don't go and then you're done <laughs> forever. Right, <laughs> right. Gr growth, I think we, we grow until we're, we're dead. Yeah, like, and, absolutely. And that's how I look at it. Yeah, and I do too. And I used to not, I used to think that, you know, especially when you're in your 20s and stuff you're like everything i know now is exactly right and this is what i know 
<laughs> especially you know. fashion and music and you know <laughs> yeah and then you get to your 30s and you're like oh god i was so stupid <laughs> and then i'm sure i mean i'm not to my 40s yet but i'm i'm getting there i'm 37 i'm sure when i get to my 40s i'm gonna be like oh god 30 year old me was so cringy <laughs> that's one of the biggest things is just like you know, was it called it conscious incompetence? So just knowing how much you don't know, yeah, and being okay with it, yeah. Like he's like, I, there's a lot. Like he said, I don't, there's a lot I don't know. I don't know how to do a website, and I don't know how to run a. I don't know. I've never you've never owned a kitchen, uh, 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 or mm-hmm. done a business lease or whatever. But at least you know what you don't know. So then you once you know what you don't know, then you can dive in and figure it out, or find people to teach you, or absolutely, yeah, it's unconscious yeah. incompetence where the biggest problems come from. <laughs> you <don't>, yes. <laughs> you, you, you don't know what you don't know. And you just walk right into a, a, a problem, a bunch of problems. <laughs> yes. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, cool. This, uh, that's, this is what I wanted to do. Just kind of dive into to your stories. And, and I knew, I knew there'd be fun and I know they'll be helpful for people. And I'm so grateful for you and for, for you um, coming on and, and sharing that with everybody. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah. So I will, um, I, I, I'll do uh, show notes and post information about uh, on your, your Facebook links. And mm-hmm. if down the road, you, you, you have a website, I, just give me a shout if I don't see it and tell me and I'll add it to there because it's sure it's been funny. Like how um, every time, Every time I have a new show with a new guests, uh, their friends may come and see it. And then I'll notice, okay, a bunch of people watch Jody's and then they go back and watch, maybe listen to episode one. And then they'll kind of start cherry picking the ones that sound interesting. Maybe, maybe they'll mm-hmm. listen to Andy and, uh, you know, Rafe because they know them or they'll pick three uh-huh. people they don't know. And so um, even though we're, this will, co- this will come out next week, you know, a year from now, someone like, oh, Jody, this, she started a kitchen. Interesting. Oh, she's got a website, you know. So, so keep me posted on updates. I will absolutely. Okay. And thank you so much for having me. This is great. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. And uh, hey, enjoy the rest of your Saturday. Thanks. You too, Carlo. Okay. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. You. Oh. oh there we go. Okay, everybody, that is a wrap for episode number 31 with Jody Werner. So, so grateful that Jody came on uh, the show today and shared her awesome stories. Um, it's, it's, it's so fun for me to, I, I love um, when I like book and books and movies and video games, my favorite part of, of any of that is always the origin story part. You know, I loved I think I mentioned this in one other episode. I loved the first episode of The Hobbit because it's the beginning, and you see you see this big. That's where you see the biggest transformations and the and new beginnings. And for Jody right now, especially, I'm really excited that this is the beginning of something really cool for her. That you know, through COVID, she had this crisis and has turned it into an opportunity. And who knows what it'll turn into? But she's having fun right now. She's learning. She's growing. She's got this new opportunity that's it's evolving that she didn't maybe see 
she just said she did she at one point she didn't see herself owning a business and now she's doing it and it will keep evolving and growing into who knows what other opportunities whether it is who knows who knows and so that's that's exciting and you know some of the things i wanted to make sure i just reinforced is um the importance of 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 capturing what you're learning from whatever experiences you're having wherever you're working whatever you're doing be conscious of what's going on around you and 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 know that there are lessons to learn that you might apply in some other way that you don't even see right now and that when you do launch some new dream or some new business um the the value i guess it is or um, the benefit of starting small so you can make make if you make mistakes you're making small mistakes and you can learn and grow and then let the thing evolve and grow and don't be don't let pride get in the way of starting small um and that's you know when i launched my financial planning business um i had already built a book of business from where i was before and then um when i did finally go into my own space i got you know one of the, le the least expensive place i could find or one of them and that meant i was in an office in a building wonderful building by my former guest jack davis but we took uh the space on the lower level which means basement which means no windows and i was down there for three four years something like that um and I had people make fun of me and give me trouble, but it was mine and I was proud of it. And it was the place that I built the, uh, the, the foundation of what my business was to become. So yeah, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to start small. Make sure you're capturing what you're learning and keep your eyes and ears open for opportunities. And then know that sometimes when something crappy happens to us, it can lay the seeds and be the beginning of something that's very, very exciting. And that's hard. It's hard. Even for me, <laughs> I've mentioned that before, that there's a part of me that will tell, tell myself that, like, hey, this could be something really good. And there's another part of me that's like, not now, Carlo, man. It's just right now it sucks. So just let it suck. So, But be aware of that. Just be, you know that um, sometimes when things don't go the way we want, it's opening up the opportunities for things we can't even see in that moment. So that's it. I just wanted to kind of like – circle back to some of those lessons. Um, if you want to try some of Jody's amazing food, again, she's on Facebook at Jody's Kitchen. Um, I'll post that. Again, I'm sorry about the noise, man. I'm still trying to figure out my mic stuff. Um, I'll post that on uh, the show notes. So check it out. Order her food. It's amazing. I know she's got lots and lots of different options. If you're um, if you have different dietary restrictions, I've seen stuff on about vegetarian stuff and all kinds of good stuff. So uh, give it a try. It's amazing. She's amazing. Jody, thank you so much. And everybody, thank you for joining me. If you like this, don't forget to tell your friends. Don't forget to share it, make comments. Check it all out on um, wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't, don't forget to go to carloblog.com and check out the stuff about my book, Afterlife, if you haven't. Uh, tell your friends. Like it, share it, subscribe. <laughs> I think I said that. But uh, yeah, there you go. Thank you so much. I hope uh, I hope you uh, have a wonderful day and that you keep having fun and chasing your dreams and enjoy your journey. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm.